Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with two bros this week. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is currently not in Italy. I am not. That's me, Ryan Newman. And the other brother, Trey, is on his honeymoon, so he will not be joining us. Yep, in Italia. How excited are you about that, Ryan? That Trey's in Italy? That Trey is, well, more like that he's not here. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm okay. happy for Trey, but I'm also happy for us. <laughs> uh, but he did want us to thank everyone who congratulated him on social media for his wedding last week, so thanks everyone for that. It was awesome. And- it was a great wedding, Trey. Uh, Trey did a great job. And we nailed the best man speech. If oh, we crushed it. Yes, absolutely. We actually have video. We do. I, I don't know if we'll post it or not, but... Maybe a maybe a piece of it. Maybe yeah. a snippet. All right. Yeah, like the, the best moment. So we yeah, yeah some highlights. <laughs> uh, we also got a lot of five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts this past week. So let's go through those, Ryan. All right, I'll start us off here. We got uh, Rake the Jake. He says, uh, great podcast. I like it. Uh, thank you. Go dogs. Goodbye. Short and sweet. Yeah. Kino1295 said, informative and entertaining. I highly recommend this podcast. Tons of great info about college football across all conferences. Excellent. Moving on to numero tres. Uh, we have C Tomp 22 says, I uh, just found the podcast a few days ago and I've been binging ever since. Uh, y'all, y'all may just get me through the next few months until football season picks back up again. Let's go Mountaineers. Oh, all right. I all feel right. like we always struggle to say y'all because yeah, I know. it is not <laughs> in our vernacular. It's not at all. We are, that's, yeah. But a Mountaineer fan, that's cool. I don't know if we've had one that we knew about before. Yeah, we haven't had any Mountaineer questions at least, so yeah. that's good. Lottie B says, congrats, Trey. Got you the five star rating from your registry. <laughs> right. so, awesome! I'm sure. Awesome. I'm sure Allie appreciates that. She she sure did. <laughs> All right, last one is uh, Buffalo Oak. He says, uh, "Good pod. Appreciate some good college football talk during the off season." All right, solid. That was the by far the most reviews we've we've had in one week. Yeah, so. we've never had to read uh, five before. Yeah, that was that was really awesome. We really appreciate everyone who sent those in. Trey should get uh, married more often. He should. Well, <laughs> well, maybe not. I think Allie would disagree with that, but <laughs> well, would she? Oh, well, good point. Probably not. <laughs> after after two weeks in Italy with this guy, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe she'll be on board with that. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, news and notes: Four star dual threat quarterback Colson Yankoff is transferring to UCLA, and at Yihan Alla O four on Twitter asked about this. He says, "Is he the one at quarterback for Chip Kelly?" Oh, wow. Um, well, he's not going to play this year, so I would say he's not the one. Well, least. we don't know that yet. Right? Uh, that's no. true, but <laughs> I would be surprised. <laughs> I mean, right. there's no, you know, he didn't lose his coach or anything. He just lost the starting gig or wasn't going to win it. So I don't think so. I don't because he was beat out probably by two guys at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, two guys that are named Jacob. So if he's not For even sure. a top two Jacob, how great can he really be? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you. I, I just, you got to think DTR is, is the guy at UCLA. Yeah. 
big favorite to start. And but Yankov he'd be in his third year starting if he, assuming that's what happens, that Yankov doesn't get to play this year. Yeah, yeah. If Yankov isn't eligible immediately, then this is all a moot point because we'll just yeah. we'll worry about it next year. But if he is, which you never know, then he's certainly got a good chance to be the backup because. You know, right now they've got Austin Burton there. He's a sophomore who hasn't really played at all. So you'd have to think Yankoff being, you know, a former four-star recruit. He was the number six dual threat quarterback in the 2018 class. Yeah, he was a big get out of Idaho. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's nice for depth at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then we talked about uh, five-star wide receiver Brew McCoy last week transferring back to USC and now four-star cornerback Chris Steele, who was supposed to be transferring to Oregon from Florida, has now reportedly changed his mind and is going to USC. Also, Valus Jones, a junior wide receiver who had entered the transfer portal, announced he's coming back to USC. So things are looking great in LA right now. Are we, right? let me ask you a question. I say we because, of course, I'm a yeah. USC fan. Are we going to the playoff? <laughs> Is that a yes? No. Is that a resounding? No. I, yes. Is that a serious question? It's not a that, serious question. Yeah, I know. But this is good news. But it's certainly going to help. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's that's huge getting those two guys and then, well, three if you count Jones. I mean, that was going to have some, you guys were going to have some serious depth issues without those guys. Exactly. Now the receiving core is just loaded. and It is. Chris Steele, he could play immediately at cornerback as well because outside of Greg Johnson, no one at corner has a lot of experience on the USC roster, so we needed all the talent we could get. And this just makes you know last year's recruiting class look a lot better. Instead of twentieth, it's probably more like fifteenth. So yeah, it really is. That's true. That's that's not too bad. No. Nope. Last piece of news we have here, unfortunately for our new West Virginia listener, West Virginia safety Kenny Robinson, who was all Big Twelve last year, has entered the transfer portal. So he'll have three years to play two wherever he ends up. Ouch. All Big 12 is a sophomore, and he's he's out. It's super rare when someone is all-conference and decides to transfer. So Yeah, why? I mean, there. why would he do that? I'm not sure. You got you know the new head coach there, Neil Brown. I don't know if that had something to do with it. but Yeah, that might be. But yeah, it's, he's going to have a lot of suitors. I'm assuming you'll see him at a, a top program. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about him when he chooses his destination. But now let's get to the meat of the episode, 10 X factors for 2019. So Ryan and I each came up with five, which we will present here. And by X factors, we mean players and coaches that can have obviously a huge impact on the upcoming season, positively or negatively. And I'll get us started with the first X factor, Florida State's offensive line. So obviously they have... Not been very good the past few years, but this year, if if they're even below average, then the offense is going to dramatically improve. Florida State's probably going to easily make a bowl game. Taggart's going to take that next step. He's going to be able to sell that to recruits. I, I think everything will be all good in Tallahassee. But alternatively, if it goes poorly and they're as bad as they've been the last couple of years, six and six is definitely in play, even worse. And missing a bowl game would... I mean, that is disaster for Willie Taggart. There would be yeah. very little fan support for him. As far as my prediction, which of those is most likely? Maybe this is a cop-out. I'm kind of going in between. I think they're going to be a little bit better. They they brought in a grad transfer from Northern Illinois, Ryan Roberts, who at least has some experience at tackle. 
They've got a true freshman guard, Dante Lucas, who apparently looked good in the spring. He's a four-star. So there's there's some new guys there. And most importantly, really, I just trust Kendall Bryles to be able to scheme around a bad O-line as much as you can do that. So I'm saying they're still going to be bad, but not dreadful. It's really hard to disagree with any of the things that you're saying there, Mike. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm very yeah, smart. But I'm going to try to at least point out a couple of different things that you discussed. You didn't mention they lost their starting center, Alec Eberly, who pretty much played for four years there. He wasn't great, uh, really, at any moment, but you know he was at least consistently there, which is something to be said for. Yeah, consistently, you know wild snaps no. but yeah that's this yeah the snapping wasn't great i'll give you that but <laughs> <laughs> you know uh but then like you said if they're below average they have a really good running back behind them cam Akers. so yeah he was even managed to have some good years with some really terrible play so if he if that line does improve Akers is going to be able to take advantage of it and come up with a huge year so we've seen kendall bryles work some magic before i think that I, my prediction, the same as yours, they get a little bit better, and Florida State does improve a little bit, but they're not elite or by any means yet. All right, Trey, what do you think? I agree with you guys. Oh, wow. Thanks, Trey. Yeah. Sweet. It's a great point, Trey. <laughs> uh, all right. What's 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 the next X-Factor, right. Ryan? Uh, we have Brian Lewerke, and uh, this is a true X-Factor for I feel sure. like you hate Brian Lewerke, Ryan. What? I feel like you hate Brian Lewerke. Well, no, I don't hate Lewerke. I know you right. love Lewerke in his sophomore campaign, but... Um, who who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so I think this is the, the easiest X Factor of the episode to talk about because you've already seen it. You've already seen the best case and the worst case scenario of yeah, Brian Lewerke yeah. the last two years. Sophomore year, like we mentioned, he was one of the, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. He added a lot on the ground. And he led Michigan State to a 10-3 and record, which was a very surprising year for them. Then last year, high expectations. He struggled. Injuries, obviously, to him and the rest of the offense were a, hu- a big issue there. But he's, even when he played, he was, was pretty pretty horrible. And then they struggled to yeah. go 7-6. and six. So, I mean, you've already seen the extremes on that side. They're going to be good on defense. So the X factor is him. Can he be go back to his 2017 form? I don't think he quite can reach that, but maybe he can maybe meet mate like a happy medium and get right in the middle. Be like, okay, he's 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 all right, but yeah. he's not going to be ev- great. Well, even if he can do that, they're they're a contender even in the Big Ten East because yeah, like you said, that defense is going to be great. So yeah, I could see them being getting to like nine wins if the worky is able to kind of regain some of his form for sure because. You know, the the offense is going to improve just because they have so many guys coming back. They have a, a ton of guys coming back on the offensive line. And of course, it was very bad, maybe even the bigger problem last year than even Lewerke. But um, I'm, I'm optimistic on Lewerke because what you mentioned, that injury, I think even when he played that shoulder injury might have, you know, contributed to his struggles down the stretch. So I'll give him a little bit of a break last year and... I'm I'm bullish on on Michigan State coming into the year. I I agree with you that I'm bullish on Michigan State. I don't I'm not trying to be hard on the worky, but Sparty is. I think they have enough coming back to where they're gonna they're gonna outperform some people's expectations. Yeah. All right. We agree. 
We agree to quote All right. Dan Rubenstein of the Solid Verbal. My next X factor for the 2019 season, Penn State offensive coordinator Ricky Ronnie. So obviously this is not his first year as the offensive coordinator. He was there last year, but I think this is really a prove it year for him because last year it's really hard to judge him. They had Trace McSorley and you just so you knew the offense was was going to be good no matter who the coordinator was. Now there's no quarterback there that was coached up by Joe Joe Moorhead for several years. It's all on Ricky Ronnie to get Sean Clifford and the offense up to speed. So I'm I'm going to swing pessimistic here as far as my prediction. I, I think I think the skill talent on the team overall is just really inexperienced. I think this is finally the year that they're going to miss Joe Moorhead. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, you you bring up the points of where they lose McSorley, they lose Moorhead, but McSorley had a good solid year last year. They obviously weren't quite as good as they were in 2017, and I think a lot of Penn State fans were pretty upset with that or at least frustrated that the offense wasn't nearly as good, but you also had to remember they didn't just lose Moorhead. They lost maybe one of the best running backs they ever had in Saquon Barkley. And while Miles Sanders is a solid running yeah, he back, was he's pretty dang good. He's he's no Saquon. I mean, who who is? Saquon was awesome in the running game and the passing game. He just made play after play for them. So Yeah. And they lost uh Deshaun Hamilton, I think, right. going into last year too. So Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of agree with you that it's a, a prove it year for Ricky Ronnie. And I, I'm also kind of be in the view that it's it's going to be hard for him to keep up with what he's done, at least last year, because he does lose McSorley, and McSorley kind of bailed him out, I feel like, at times. So they were 36th in S&P Plus offense last year. I'd be very surprised if they were able to match that again this year. All right. Fair enough. All right, Michael. Well, are you ready for a trivia question? Yeah, this is the first time I've had to answer one all by myself without somebody to help. So are you scared? I'm a little scared. Yeah. yeah. I hope it didn't make it too difficult. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to give you multiple guesses on this. All right. So don't worry. Okay. Can I Google it? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. All right. How about, so, Bing? How about Bing? I mean, that's not really much of a help. Yeah. Bing isn't going to help you at all. So go ahead. <laughs> Bing Trey's sucks. not going to be happy about that when he listens no. to this. <laughs> no, he, he loves won't. Bing. He does. <laughs> they, he's like, they. I mean, I get like coupons to all these places. It's like, wow. I mean, they literally have to pay you to use their search engine. It can't be that good. <laughs> yeah. I've, when I try to use Bing, it's just like, this doesn't work. Yeah, it's true. I, I never get the information I want. No. All right. Moving on. The trivia question, Michael. Of all the Power 5 schools, there are three that have never had a 10-win season. Name those schools. Now, I'll, I'm going to give you I'll give you four guesses to try it, and I'd be, I'd be very impressed if you got all three and four guesses okay all right i'm gonna start out with vanderbilt yeah okay well you got one all right i got one okay yep um i'm i'm thinking in my head all the bad teams i want to say i mean i'm not gonna guess this because rutgers i feel like they did have like it like under um um shiano um shiano yeah in like 2006 they had a really good year. It might have got to 10 wins. I'm not, maybe not 10, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to guess them, though. All right. Illinois is coming to mind, but they made the uh, they made the Rose Bowl a few years ago. Yep. Well, um, not a few years ago, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> about a maybe decade like ago. Like or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it was, but. Um, hmm. 
Kansas made the Orange Bowl. They went like 12 and 1 that year. So not Kansas. Yep. All right. Why don't I just guess Rutgers? Ooh. Ah, incorrect. I was right. Okay. Well. Yeah. I think, I don't know which year they got it, but I'm a, I'm guessing it was. I want to say it was like 06, but. I don't yeah. Know. That Ray Rice year. So. All right. All so right. that's two guesses. So you've, you've got your one miss if you're going to get all three. Okay. All right. Let me think. Let me think here. What about Indiana? Indiana is one. Yeah. Okay. They haven't got right. to 10 wins yet. All right. That's two. You got, all right, two out of three. You got one more. One more guess? You got one more guess and one more school. Okay. All right. Hmm. All these schools coming down. Syracuse got it last year, I think, or maybe, I think they might have got it last year. Um, Let me think. ACC got Wake. They've, they made a BCS Bowl game. You know who's really... Is it a surprising one, sort of, or do they do they stink? No, no comment. No comment. Yep, you got to get this on your own, Chuck. No hints here. All right, I'm just gonna guess Maryland. Ooh, no. I mean, with Ralph Region, they had some. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just run out of guesses. They made a BCS game with Region. Didn't I they? forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. I if if you would have thought about it probably a little longer, I think you would have got. Can you give me a hint? Are they bad? Can you answer my question? Yes, they're bad. They're bad. They're usually always bad. Were they good last year? Yeah, pretty solid. Was it Kentucky? No. No, they, did they get to 10 wins last year? They were 9 or 10. I think they got to 10. They got to 10. Anyway. Because um, they won their bowl game, right? So. Yeah, against what? Did they play Penn State in their bowl game? Yeah, that ugly game. Yeah. Well, not necessarily ugly, but. I don't know. You, you love their coach. You're always high on this team now team that i've been predicting is gonna fall off for a while but they keep it up oh iowa state yeah <laughs> it crossed my mind and i i don't know why i skipped over yeah, it yeah I mean, they've just never they had decent teams but they've never really had a great one with super seneca they were okay yeah but. you know the problem i was having is that nowadays 10 wins isn't quite what it used to be you know with right. the now they have conference championships in every conference and they have you know an extra game there's there's 12 regular season games right. And there's more bowl games. So I was like, I always struggled because a 10 win season, even the last few years could kind of slip by you. It's like, oh, did that team win 10, 10 a couple years ago? Yeah. Well, that's why there's only like three teams left that haven't had it. But yeah. All right. Okay. So, so repeat those. All right. So we had Indiana, Iowa State and Vandy. So pretty much the three worst power five schools. I mean, who is worse than them consistently? Kansas, but they've had moments. Yeah. Duke. I, Duke, yeah, know, Duke. Rutgers, of course. So, all right, two out of three. That's that's kind of what I thought you'd get. All right. I like that question. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to the X Factors. So, our next one here is uh, we got the Georgia wide receiver core. So, even Kirby Smart kind of knows that this position is uh, the X Factor for his team. He pretty much m- called them out and said that they needed to step up, or at least made it known that he realizes they lost a lot of production um if you look at the rest of their squad i mean the potential is there for them to win the national championship they got a ton of talent great depth yeah but you know just a lot depends on this wide receiver group and how they how they can fill the shoes of those four really good receivers that that left jeremiah holloman has the most experience and i think he'll probably be Fromm's favorite target this year so he's pretty much the only guy where you you know what you're going to get from him but they have three other guys that are pretty much X-Factors of their own. Demetrius Robinson, who you've brought up before. 
Yeah, I think he's the ultimate X factor. Yeah, he's huge X factor. You thought he was going to come into Georgia and make a huge impact. Some injuries and then just not being able to quite crack the lineup. Who knows? But the talent is there. Just can he put it all together? Uh, then they have two incoming freshmen, George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock. Those guys, I mean, can they have Justin Ross type impacts? I mean, Ross was a great, great talent, but so are these guys. I mean, these guys have the yeah. potential, potential I think to there's do that. A, there might've been a third four-star, uh, freshman receiver coming in too, but yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. They're just, these are the two guys that I think will make the biggest impact, especially mm-hmm. Blaylock. Uh, that guy, I think he's going to make probably be their second leading receivers. That's just what I would think. Um, so if, if all things go according to plan, I mean, they they could make the national title. And I mean, while they're wide receivers, they're not going to be as good as last year. It's just not going to happen. But if they can minimize that loss, you know, we'll see. We could see them in the playoff. But if they really struggle, I, they could cost them a chance at, you know, like an SEC title. Yeah, I think I think they are going to struggle a little bit maybe at the beginning of the season because, like you mentioned, in the two deep, there's going to be some redshirt freshmen, some true freshmen. So maybe as the season goes on, they'll improve. And by the end of it, there's enough talent there that I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, a lot of schools would really hope for this type of wide receiver unit. Yeah, but if for you're sure. competing for national titles, it's a little different. Yeah. Next X factor on the list is new Oklahoma defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. And... You know, it it could swing both ways here. If Grinch does the job that he did at Ohio State, then, you know, it's same old Oklahoma, great offense, but the defense is not quite good enough to get them to a national title. But if Alex Grinch leads the defense like he did at Wazoo under Mike Leach, then, you know, that defense is going to be dramatically improved and certainly good enough to win a, a national championship with the offense we'd expect them to have. My prediction is that he will improve the defense, you know, a good amount right away. I think that I kind of saw you making a face when I talked about his failure at Ohio State. And I kind of agree with the the face you made because I don't think that falls on him. Yeah. Greg Schiano was more in charge of that defense. I kind of give Grinch a pass there. So totally. I am optimistic about Oklahoma's defense this year. I mean, relative to what, what they been. were. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Grinch. I, big reason why he left Ohio State is just because he didn't have the power or the decision making that he wanted, right? And it was clear that he wasn't making the choices there. So I'm I'm giving him a full pass for that. Now, what you didn't mention was the injuries that they've already had, and that's going to hurt yeah. Grinch for this year. Caleb Kelly is probably is the biggest loss. He was a great linebacker for them last year. Was probably going to be the leader of their defense. He's gone towards ACL, and then. Another offense or a defensive lineman, Jordan Kelly. They both are gone for the for probably for the for the whole season. So that, that's a big loss. Hurt depth and then yeah. playmakers from from Caleb Kelly. But they were 84th in S and P plus defense last year. So I think they can get better, and they're going to need to because OU's offense, while they're probably going to be good, we've talked about for losing four offensive linemen. Maybe Jalen Hurts isn't quite on Baker Mayfield's and. Kyler Murray's level, no Marquise Brown. So they're going to be good, but I don't think they'll be like historically good like they've been the last two years. So yeah, I agree. I agree. An improved defense, it needs to be a very improved defense if they want to be national title good. And I don't think they're going to do that. So they'll get better, but not enough. Well, we, we didn't bring up my favorite attribute of Alex Grinch, 
and it's that he's not Mike Stoops. I think that's huge. <laughs> that's huge for him. <laughs> that's a big bonus for OU. Really, though? I mean, that, that change is, I mean, you can't get more drastic than that, I feel like. Poor Stoops, man. Poor Stoops. Sorry. Sorry, Mike Stoops. So, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to the next one here, Mike. We got uh, Texas's youth. It's in our next X Factor. And uh, being youth, or being young, excuse me, doesn't <laughs> usually... A- doesn't usually equate to uh, success, but it doesn't mean it's an automatic failure either. Uh, heck, you, you look a couple years ago, Alabama, they had several true freshmen kind of helped them lead them to a national title. So, you know, Texas could still have a really, really good year. And Texas may not have those elite players that Alabama has, but they're certainly talented. The offense, I'm not that worried about. They do lose three starters up front, but they got a transfer and they have some decent players. Sam Ellinger's good. Colin Johnson comes back a receiver. So I think they're going to be all right there. Yeah. The real X factor is the youth on defense. That's where you just have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, they have to replace nine starters, their entire front seven. Brutal. I mean, if any other team would do that, that's just, I mean, other than Alabama or something, it's, you're done. <laughs> you just have no I chance. I know. That's, that's why to me, this hype is a little bit confusing because of, like you say, all they're losing on defense. It's Nobody's just considering what they lost. They're just considering what they did, and they have Ellinger coming back. Right. So, But if you take a somewhat closer look, you realize, oh boy, uh, the defense is going to have some, some growing pains. Now, they do lose a lot of players, but they do have at least some experience coming back because they did rotate quite a bit last year. So like the defensive line, for example, they do have a couple of experience coming back, especially defensive end. And but that X factor thing I'm talking about, one player in particular is their nose tackle. I think Keandre Coburn, if that guy can live up to his expectations, that's going to be huge for them to at least be able to, you know, D lines, be stout, stop the run, protect those linebackers. That's huge. So I think the goal for Texas this year, I mean, it's a lot outside of, I don't know, people aren't quite realizing what they have to replace, but I think it's just to try to win the Big 12. If they can do that, that's amazing considering what they what they lost yeah and a loss to OU I mean excuse me a loss to LSU in that non-conference it's not going to be that big of a deal because I don't think they're playing for a playoff or anything more than that so as long as they gain experience for those young players and show promise that's the main thing so I think that they're going to struggle early in the year then towards the end of the year they're going to be playing really really good I see I agree with that because on the two deep, there are yeah tons of freshmen and sophomore on the defensive side. We agree that's yeah. that's where the real youth mostly is. And you know, I'll disagree with you a little bit. Oh, maybe I mean they're not quite Alabama's level. You said of of talent, but I mean it's pretty darn close the way they've been recruiting the, the last, last couple of years. Yeah, couple of years, especially on defense. So you know, there is the potential for those guys to be good at the end of the year. But I think there's going to be growing pains throughout the year, and that's why. I've said this a few times in the offseason. I'm going to be lower on Texas than most people. Yeah. I mean, their safeties are good, so at least they have oh, yeah, the yeah. back end <laughs> set. But And the D-line is all right. But the linebackers, are that's what really is kind of worrying me. But Yeah, and the health of those safeties. You know, I know Caden Stearns was not healthy all of last year. So yeah, true. With with all of the, the starters that they lost, depth is now young and inexperienced. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, next X factor, USC offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. Because if he's successful, 
if it works out and USC has a really good offense, then Clay Helton's likely to keep his job. I mean, there's a reason that Lynn Swan kept him for another year. It's not like if if he goes eight and four this year, they're just going to fire him. That really wouldn't make a ton of sense. Right. If Lynn Swan's still there. And yeah, exactly. Unless Lynn Swan <laughs> gets fired, then all yeah. bets are off. But I, I don't anticipate that if if Graham Harrell is really successful. But if he's unsuccessful and the offense isn't very good, then Clay Helton's done. I, I just feel like if they have a bad year, then USC is going to be looking for a new head coach in the offseason because the fans, you know, the lack of support would be too much. They would kind of force the administration's hand. And obviously, that'd be a, the biggest storyline of the offseason, USC vacancy. Yeah, of course, all the Urban Meyer rumors. Yeah, exactly. Were, Maybe it's good that Clay Houghton was retained for one more year because Urban's not ready. Yet. Little timing. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying Lin Swan is is really a secret genius? Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's planning this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, my prediction is that I, I like Graham Harrell. I think he's going to have success, especially with the weapons USC has at receiver. But I think he's going to be held back. I think the O line talent is not great. I think the the lack of a proven quarterback is going to hold him back just enough too, so that USC does not win the South, and therefore the entire USC fan base is going to be calling for either Lynn Swan's head, Clay Helton's head, both. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it really is the X factor. It's a it's a good one to put on this on this list because they they desperately need improvement on that side of the ball. And for your sake, Michael, I I hope they're able to do that. Uh, you said unproven quarterback or not proven quarterback. I've obviously been pretty low on JT Daniels, but Harrell has the opportunity to prove himself to be a great offensive coordinator by developing him. If he's able to do that, because T. Martin didn't make JT Daniels look very good at all, in my opinion. Now, maybe that's T. Martin's doing. Maybe he just wasn't that great of an offensive coordinator. So if Harrell mm-hmm. comes in, produces like he did with Mason Fine at North Texas, turned into a pretty darn good quarterback. And even Leach, he, he was at Washington State before that, and Leach was singing his praises all the time. So if he's able to do that, boom. I mean, Graham Harrell's going to be a star in the making himself. And USC, like you said, Mike, they could, you know, they have talent there. So, and the, the receivers are really good. It's There's potential to have a good year. I don't think yeah, they'll have for it, sure. but... <laughs> What's that? I don't think they're going to have it because I don't think the oh. defense is going to be very good. But so sorry, Mike. Ah, that's OK. That's OK. Yeah, I'm used to it now. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a top five list, though. And it is my turn this week. And it's my top five favorite apps in my phone. Oh, all right. So number five, maybe a bit of a surprise here. The Sport Clips app. Really? Been a game changer for me. So Usually, I'm waiting at Sport Clips in the evening at least a half hour to get my hair cut. Mm. But you check in on the app, tells you exactly when you need to show up, and you get there, you hardly wait at all. It's perfect. Wow. I never really have that problem. I go to the Sport Clips as well, but yeah. the one next to where I live, I, it's just never busy. I walk in there, and there's no one there. So That's weird. Mine's always packed. Huh, weird. Number four, Google Earth. Ah, You can travel anywhere in the world for free. And I went to, uh, in real life, went to Japan a few years ago. So I kind of like going on Google Earth and just, you know, touring the sites that I went to. It's, you know, it's kind of fun. I like that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe we'll go to Italy with Trey. Let's do that tonight, right? Well, I'll be there in like two weeks. That's true. I'm the only one not going to Italy. What's up with that? Well, have your wedding first. Number three, (laughs) 
<laughs> Postmates. So as a busy podcasting celebrity, I don't always have time to cook, of course, lots of things to do. So I use Postmates a couple times a week. You use that, Ryan? You know, I don't order food like that anymore at, at our place. I just, I don't know. It's, I'm not that rich, Mike. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm <laughs> big spender. Yeah. Number two, Uber slash Lyft. I have zero DUIs, Ryan. Yeah. And that is all thanks to Uber and Lyft. I have zero DUIs as well. Just don't go out and party that much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, me neither. But when I do, it's there for me. Number one, the podcast app. Of course. I listen to dozens of podcasts every week. I'll list a few of my favorites for you, Ryan. Starters NBA podcast. Bet the process with Rufus Peabody and Jeff Ma. And then I highly recommend Done Disappeared, which is a satirical true crime podcast. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. The funniest thing you've ever heard. Funniest thing I've ever heard, Ryan. So what's the podcast again? Done Disappeared Done. with John David Booter. His name, the guy's name is John David Booter, which I assume comes from John David Booty. Must be. He <laughs> must be a USC guy. Yes. There's a college football reference there too. No solid verbal on there? I mean, I'm just, yeah, it's obviously one of your... No, it's that. I'm not, I'm not including college football podcasts. Oh, okay. I got to... Because they're... I mean... You got Solid Verbal, Cover 2 podcast, Cover 3 podcast. There's probably a Cover 4 somewhere out there. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> Three-man weave at college basketball. They're good. There you go. Recommend that as well. Absolutely. There you go. That's my list. All right, Mike. I like that list. I'm trying to think if there's any apps that... Oh, you know what? You didn't include like any games. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a gamer. I don't play games on my phone. Yeah, I, I usually have one that I will play at, at a time. What are you playing now? Right now I'm playing... Uh, Golf Clash. Okay, so you just golf? Pretty much. <laughs> it's fun. Though. What's your what's your low score? Minus, well, on on 18, minus 24. Whoa. Sounds like a pretty easy game. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty good at it. I win <laughs> okay. like 80% of my games. Whoa, man. I'm on a ride. Oh, so you play against real people? Yeah, you do. You play against can, other can people. Can you play, could I play against you? Yeah, you can play with friends. Okay, all right. You yeah, I'd destroy you, but do you have a username? Go big or red R N. What is it? Go big red R N. All right, I want I want some of the listeners to challenge you. I'm sure someone listening has that app. Challenge Ryan. I don't know. I don't have any friends. I don't know how to get them on that. Well, well I do in real life, but I'm sure someone will find you. Yeah, it's true. All right, you have very few in real life, by the way. Thanks, Mike. Well, me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Same here, bro. I love you too, I'm dude. right there with you, man. We're best friends, all right? <laughs> Good thing I have you, right? Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> people are going to think that that was serious, Ryan, the way you reacted. Man. <laughs> all right. All right, let's get back to X-Factors, Mike. Let's get back to X-Factors. <laughs> we have no friends. We talk about college football. Yeah, that's why we do a podcast, just us yep. three bros. <laughs> all right. Florida's O-line, X-factor here. Huge question mark for the Gators. They lose four starters. Nick Buchanan is the only only one coming back, and he's at center. They do have some interesting pieces to work with coming back. They got this Texas transfer, Gene DeLance. He's got decent talents. Stone Forsyth, he's huge. but It's a great name, too. It is a great name, but he's not very consistent, so can he put it together? Brett Heggie? I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I should have looked that up, but... I'm going to go with Heggy. That's fine. Because it's two G's. Sure. Sure. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Uh, 
he could be a good player. He's played a little bit and he's been effective when he has, but he just can't really stay healthy. And then they bring in seven offensive linemen from this recruiting class. That's just seems a tad much. <laughs> it is, but they need it. I mean, they I need, know they need it, but that's how about balancing out your depth chart for well if i as a usc fan right now i wish we could take like 12 linemen offensive (laughs) point good point so four of those seven actually were there for spring so i'm assuming at least one of them is going to start so if things gel quickly enough and dan mullen's able to get them get them going i mean they might give georgia a run for their money in the east with a returning quarterback a defense that should be good yeah. But if they don't, which is kind of what I expect, I mean, they're still going to go bowling, but they're not going to compete for, for the East title and not probably won't play in many meaningful games. I mean, I maybe that's a little harsh there, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Georgia is a big step ahead of them right now. And I'm with you that, you know, I, I definitely think the O-line is, is a major X factor because you kind of alluded to it. The rest of the team is kind of set. You know, the defense is returning a lot. They were good last year. They retained Todd Grantham, a defensive coordinator. So everything's set there. I like the rest of the offense, too. I mean, the receiving core, I think it's probably underrated nationally. Van Jefferson, Kadarius Toney, Trevon Grimes, very yeah. deep there. They're deep at running back. You know, everything's Felipe pretty good. Felipe Franks, good year. What's that? Yeah, Felipe Franks had a good year. But I just think the O-line is, is going to take too big of a step back. So they had... You mentioned that they only returned one starter. The other four starters played in all 13 games last year, and all four yeah. are gone. That is, that's super rare, and yeah, that's going to be tough to bounce back from. Yeah, it's if there's one position where you don't want to lose a ton of experience, it's O-line. So that's, yeah. it's going to be a t- tall order for Dan. All right. My final X factor is the quarterback position at Auburn. So had Jarrett... Jarrett Stidham stayed Auburn would be a legit national championship contender this year but can't disagree instead it's either going to be redshirt freshman Joey Gatewood or true freshman Bo Nix so they're an X factor because if one of those guys is the real deal they have the weapons to be a good offense especially with Gus Malzahn Mm -hmm. taking back play calling duties you know I know the O-line struggled last year but they got a lot of guys coming back. I think the whole whole line coming back. And they started to turn a corner a little bit at the end of the season. So I really think the missing piece there is quarterback. And my prediction is that they're going to struggle a little bit because it's going to be a freshman starting at quarterback in the SEC. Yeah. So even even if they're one of the better freshmen out there, unless you're Trevor Lawrence, then you're probably going to struggle. Yeah, I'm going to kind of disagree a little bit. I do think that Bo Nix is going to be the guy. I, I mean, I who, who knows? We could look at this four months from now and I'm going to be dead wrong. But I like Bo Nix. I think he's got the talent. I think he's the guy of the future. Maybe he's not going to be Trevor Lawrence, but he doesn't need to be for Auburn to be really, really good. He can just be, I'll say, Adrian Martinez good as a, as a freshman. Yeah, or Jake Fromm as a freshman, maybe. Ah, uh, there you go. That's a better one because Adrian was actually pretty darn good. But Jake Fromm, yeah, that's that's the that's the better one. More of a game manager, not screw it up. They got good pieces everywhere around him where it's just like, don't lose the game, dude. Yeah. So, th- yeah. But Bo Nix is good. He's going to be a really, really good player. So I think by the end of the year, he's going to have some really good games. And Auburn, I like Auburn this year. So I know Trade certainly would. Trade, yeah. I Trade likes Auburn. 
Yeah, he always loves Auburn. He loves Malzahn. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. I'm I'm flirting with Auburn right now. I'm deciding whether I'm going to be yeah. in on them or not, but I've got some time to decide. I'll, I'll do a little more in-depth research, but right now, I'm I'm on board. All right. What's our last What's our last X factor, Ryan? Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator from Miami. All right. Miami's offense. We're ending with a bang. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, well, Manny Diaz, he, he always seems to produce a really good defense. And while Miami, they did lose quite a bit from that side of the ball, I'm still expecting a, a good defense. But yeah. the offense... That's the real the real X factor. Who knows? I mean, Tate Martell, Nikosi Perry, Jaron Williams, wh- whoever it ends up being, they need to improve because they were 104th in, in total offense last year. Is that bad? It's not good. Okay. Not good. Uh, big question mark, I mean, besides quarterback, is uh, the offensive line. 11 of their 14 linemen in their program are sophomores or younger. So, Enos has his, uh, or, I'm sorry, Enos has his uh, work cut out for him for sure. But if he's able to get them performing at just a decent level, it's the ACC, and they're in the weak division. They're in the yeah, division it's without the coastal. Clemson. Yeah, they're in the division without Clemson, and they don't play Clemson in the regular season. So they they can win that division. Yeah, maybe it's not likely, but they have the talent to do it. So if you can get it, Enos can get that figured out a little bit. I could see them winning their the coastal. If not, I mean, they might struggle to make a bowl game. Yeah, I haven't looked at uh, the odds in the Coastal. I'm guessing Virginia might be a slight favorite. I- I'm not sure. but You would think based off of last year. but Virginia Tech will be up there too, of course, and, and Miami. I'm sure it's pretty close between, between those teams. I don't yeah. know if I'm leaving anybody out. But uh, yeah, so that's why I agree. They are an X factor because even though we don't think Miami's going to be all that good, they don't have to be in that division. Nope, I don't. All right, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Next week, still no Trey, which is awesome, right? <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> but really, though, we're very excited about next week's episode because we have a special guest, a co-host of another college football podcast, one of my favorite college football podcasts. You mentioned it, yes. I may have said the, the name of it, so... Stay tuned. Could be one of those. It is one of those, but that doesn't totally narrow it down. (laughs) Uh, It's not John David Booter. Not John. I wish. No, but no. No, we're really excited. So be sure you're subscribed and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.